Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, this has turned into a great year for Texas sorghum, with spring rains resulting in a bumper crop in many areas of the state. Plus, the final cotton production numbers for last year show about 3 million bales of cotton produced here in Texas. We'll have more on both of those stories coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. If you're a Texas High Plains farmer with a playa or two on your property, there's an organization that might like to work with you. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we're going to talk more about the Texas Playa Conservation Initiative. USDA agencies are working together to allocate more funding for better services for agricultural producers across America. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more on Texas Ag Today. Russia announced it would not renew the Black Sea grain deal, allowing Ukraine to export agricultural goods. I'm Michael Clements, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. This has turned into a great year to grow sorghum here in Texas, with the spring rains making a bumper crop in many areas of the state. In the northeast Texas panhandle, it's been exceptionally wet, delaying planting and flooding fields. Daniel Sell farms east of Perryton, and he says he did manage to get all of his milo planted, but it will not all come up. We're hoping that whatever might be drowned out, the opposite side of that is whatever isn't, can take up the slack, so to speak, of what didn't come up. And I'm hoping that everyone has 150 bushel milo, so to speak. That's a little grandiose, but it'd be really neat to see a bumper crop of milo for everyone and just kind of be able to relax a little bit instead of trying to make it through each year just barely, you know what I mean? The latest crop ratings show 63% of Texas sorghum rated good to excellent, 27% fair, and only 10% rated poor to very poor. The final cotton production numbers for last year are now out. Texas cotton production was down last year due to drought, and now we have the final numbers showing just how much of an impact that drought had. 
USDA reports that Texas farmers produced 3.06 million bales of upland cotton. Those are the 480-pound bales. That is down 60 percent from 2021. USDA reports the average yield last year in Texas was around 734 pounds an acre, up 68 pounds from the year prior. About 2 million acres of cotton were harvested in Texas last year, down a little more than 3.5 million acres from 2021. The preliminary market year average for 2022 upland cotton Cotton is 81 cents a pound. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. USDA is increasing the beef production forecast this year. USDA Outlook Board Chairman Mark Jekinowski. For our 2023 production forecast, we've raised it by 70 million pounds, currently forecast to 27.16 billion pounds of beef production. And the increase this month kind of reflects a continuation of an ongoing pattern of pulling more cattle into feedlots, reflecting poor forage availability. And we're also seeing higher cow slaughter as well, higher marketings, higher cow slaughter offset to some degree by lighter weights, but still resulting in greater production this month relative to what we had been forecasting. The steer price forecast calling for the average fed steer price this year to be $175 a hundred. Next year, that should rise to $183. If you're a Texas High Plains farmer with a playa or two on your property, there's an organization that may want to work with you. James Hunt has more on the Texas Playa Conservation Initiative. Heather Johnson is the program leader for the Texas Playa Conservation Initiative, an organization whose mission includes working with farmers to restore playas. One of the biggest issues Johnson says they work to address is the way playas in our area were once altered to create what are known as tailwater pits. Tailwater pits were originally used for row irrigation where they flood the crop and it flows back down into the pit and then they pump it back up to irrigate the crop. That form of irrigation was common back before center pivots came along, but Johnson says a big drawback is that the soil at the bottom of those pits has a tendency to seal up and prevent water from seeping down into the aquifer, forfeiting a lot of recharge to evaporation. In projects with farmers, Johnson says the Texas Playa Conservation Initiative is working to fill in such pits and make other modifications to bring the playas back to a better functional state. So we don't have pits holding water for long periods of time um, that we're getting full recharge, filling that in, getting the full spread. When it does rain, it's spread across that footprint for a full benefit of recharge, but also benefits wildlife at the same time. And to those producers who might like to have playas on their property restored, Johnson says. A lot of this program is designed to be at no cost to the producer. We actually pay a small incentive payment and then we do all the dirt work, provide the contractor Um, try to make it somewhat of a quick and painless process for the producers. If you're interested in finding out more about the Texas Playa Conservation Initiative and its programs, go to their website at playasworkfortexans.com. Once again, that's playasworkfortexans.com. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Various agencies within the U.S. Department of Agriculture are working together to provide better services to farmers and ranchers. Tom Nicoletti has the story. Agencies involved are the National Agricultural Statistics Service, the Agricultural Research Service, and the Natural Resources Conservation Service, along with the Risk Management Agency. 
Robert Bonney is RMA's Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation. We're working on a plan right now in USDA to deploy the dollars that are in the Inflation Reduction Act and to look at ways across the department that we can invest in better data. So NAS can tell us, can help us understand who's doing what practices where so we have a better understanding of that, more sort of concrete data. ARS and NRCS can do more to tell us the implications of different practices for soil carbon. That will provide producers better information, better models, and will provide them the market better. We need to do a better job on forestry in terms of the effects of wildfire and forest restoration treatments. Places all over the department where we're going to be making investments, in part to tell the story so we can do a better job of telling the story, in part to provide better tools to producers so that they, they can make better decisions, in part to help the market understand where where you make investments. But, you know, as I say, there's there, there has to be more investment the public has to have uh, confidence in our data. We have pretty good data in the U.S. We need to strengthen it significantly. You'll see more for us on, from us on that. That is Robert Bonney with USDA's Risk Management Agency. He serves as Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The wheat market has taken yet another jump back above $9. One reason for that is that Russia will not renew the Black Sea grain deal, which allowed Ukraine to export agricultural goods. Michael Clements has more from Washington. Russia leaving the Black Sea Grain Initiative has several impacts globally. American Farm Bureau Federation economist Bernd Nelson says the deal, which allows Ukraine to safely export grain, means Ukraine must utilize other ports. Ukraine is still the largest producer of sunflower oil. It's number six in corn. It's number seven for wheat production. And it uses the Black Sea to primarily move exports. And so this will force Ukraine to rely on the Danube ports along the Danube River that borders Romania. Romania is a member of NATO. So this kind of provides some safety for these ports. Those ports were neglected over the years, but Ukraine started investing in them after Russia invaded the country. So they've dramatically increased the capacity of these ports from about one and a half percent capacity to about 20 percent of Ukraine's export capacity. And these ports should provide a fairly effective route for grain to be moving out of Ukraine. With that being said, by shutting down that Black Sea corridor, it has the potential to decrease Ukraine's capacity by about 25 million metric tons. While the announcement did create some changes in the markets, Nelson says grain markets are still focused on weather. We did see wheat take quite a jump, but we also saw it come back down. And these markets are still really focused on the weather issues. We saw a lot of rain occurring in the Corn Belt over the last two weeks in an area that was dry. And now as we progress through pollination, we're still seeing really good conditions for corn pollination. And this is really having a lot more of an influence on these markets than the news of the Black From Washington, I'm Michael Clements for Texas Ag Today. Research on mako sharks off the coast of Texas will be once again featured on Shark Week. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And as conditions get drier around Texas, cattle producers may have to make another round of tough culling decisions. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Why do you listen? I listen to radio to stay up on news, weather, current events around the local community. It keeps me up to date with everything going on in the world. It kind of just takes my mind off of the drive, getting some relevant information that's in time. It's always nice to know what's going on. Okay, what can I do? Well, I'll listen to the what's coming up and you can plan your day. Why do you listen? Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. As we get further into the summer, dry weather and short pastures may force cattle producers to make another round of tough culling decisions. Dr. Bob Judd has some advice on which cows to cull. Deciding which cows to cull can be difficult. Eric Bailey is a beef nutritionist with the University of Missouri Extension, and he indicates at Drovers.com that identifying the first cows to cull is easy. Cows that are not pregnant or nursing a calf need to be culled. The next group to look at is the lactating cows with bad disposition, bad eyes, bad feet, or bad udders. Any cows with blemishes or poor-doing calves need to be culled. Even if they are nursing a calf, if the calf is not doing well, then culling should be considered. The goal is to keep the best genetics in the herd as long as possible, but lack of feed or water may force some of the cows with good genetics to be sold. Early weaning of calves is another option in periods of decreasing forage, but will likely decrease annual income. However, sometimes you don't really have a choice. The number of cows to cull depends on the outlook for the rest of the summer, fall, and winter feeding. Bailey indicates that two-thirds of the forage yield comes in the spring and one-third in fall growth. Even if we get rainfall in the summer, and that is a big if in some years, there's not as much growth in the summer. A lot of ranchers will have a problem having enough winter feed, and some ranchers will have to cull up to 25% of the herd. Culling these cows in the summer may allow for some pasture growth in the fall that will provide some winter grazing. Bailey indicates that the most successful producers lose the least in bad years by good planning. Your local bovine veterinarian can examine your herd and help you with these culling decisions. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Research on Mako sharks off the coast of Texas will once again be featured on Shark Week. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. The Discovery Channel's annual Celebration of Sharks is on now. And for the sixth year in a row, a researcher from Texas will be featured in an episode on Mako sharks. Dr. Kelsey Banks, an assistant research scientist for the Center for Sportfish Science and Conservation at the Hart Research Institute for Gulf of Mexico Studies at Texas A&M Corpus Christi, will be featured in an all-new episode that continues the Monster Mako series. The episode will air at 8 a.m. Thursday on the Discovery Channel and on the streaming service Max. According to TAM UCC, Dr. Banks is often called on as an expert for shark-related television programs and is often highlighted for her work tagging and tracking sharks off of Texas beaches and around artificial reefs in the Gulf of Mexico. Dr. Banks says that sharks are a vital part of our oceans, and without them, the oceans would be out of balance. She said by working to understand the importance of their ecological roles and conserving them, we are helping to ensure healthy oceans for current and future generations. She says while there is still a lot of work to be done to change the public's perception of sharks, attitudes about them have drastically shifted towards conservation rather than harvest. 
In addition to her Shark Week appearance, Dr. Banks is also featured in an episode of the HRI's podcast, The Gulf Stream. You can find that in Apple or Google Podcasts. Again, that's The Gulf Stream Podcast. The Shark Week episode with Dr. Banks will air on Discovery at 8 a.m. Thursday. You can see previous Monster Mako series episodes on the Discovery Channel's website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The grain markets took a huge jump higher Monday, and that caused the cattle markets to drop lower. We'll look at all the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Why do you listen? Anytime I'm talking to a friend about new music and I don't know what it is, it's probably because they were listening to radio and I was. I'm nosy. I like to know what's going on, and radio usually is right there telling me what and when is going on and where it's going on. Oh, listen in the barn, skid loader, tractor, and just about anywhere you can. When you put the lights on in the barn, the radio went on. Why do you listen? Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The grain markets took a big jump to the upside to kick off the trading week on Monday. That caused cattle prices to fall, both live and feeder cattle in the red as we wrapped up trading on Monday. August live cattle down $1.27, $178.75. The October down $1.60 at $180.30. December live cattle dropped 85 cents at 184.32. Feeder cattle lower also. August dropped 267, 243.25. September feeders down 265 at 246.62. October feeder cattle dropped 232, closing at 248.67. Cash-fed cattle market all quiet on Monday. We wrapped up selling cattle last week in Texas and Kansas at 180. That's two bucks higher compared to the previous week. Up north, live sales mainly at 188. That was also two higher. Dress prices mainly at 295. That's three to five dollars higher. Boxed beef prices higher on Monday. Choice up 82 cents at 303.56. Select up a dollar sixty one two seventy eight thirty four. Now let's check those auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. I've got Maddie Bexley, that little country mama fire from Lockhart Livestock on the line. Maddie, how are you today? I'm pretty good, Larry. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. How was the sale on Thursday? We had a good run. We ended up with thirteen sixty five with two hundred and thirty one cows and thirty five bulls. 242 sellers and 89 buyers. Walk the pins with us. Yeah, on the stalker cows, uh, we had a good day. Uh, we had a nice set of us pairs, and the market was, was real active. Uh, the front of the pairs brought from 1850 to 2450. The mediocre and middle-aged pairs from 11 to 1750. The good bred cows from 1200 to 15 and a quarter. The mediocre middle-aged and short-bred cows from 8 to 1175. Every cows and bulls would have been about steady with a week ago. The good high yielding cows from a dollar to a dollar sixteen. The medium yielding cows from ninety to ninety nine. The low yielding and lightweight cows from sixty to eighty nine. The good high yielding packer bulls from a dollar twenty to a dollar twenty eight. The medium yielding bulls from a dollar ten to a dollar nineteen. The low yielding and lightweight bulls from a dollar 
to a dollar nine. And on the calves and yearlings, uh, they sold really good with most classes being several dollars higher on an extremely good active market. Um, we had a lot of good quality work ranch calves and that always makes our job a little easier. So it was a great day. Any idea for next week? Yeah, we had a couple hundred calves that were supposed to show up this week. That um, anyway, they're getting postponed until next week. So we got a little, we got a little work drummed up. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Madison. You can always check us out on Facebook, or you can call the barn at five one two three nine eight three four seven six. My cell phone at nine seven nine five four zero nine seven nine three, or you can ring Bubba at five one two four six one six zero nine one. Neighbor, that's it for this edition of Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. You've got the pleasure of listening to us right now on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market where lean hogs finished lower on Monday. August hogs dropped 57 cents at $100, 10 cents a hundred weight. The October down $1.60 at $82.65. Class 3 milk was mixed. Nearby July milk down 2 cents, $13.79 a hundred weight. The August, however, up 75 cents, $17.46 a hundred. Cotton market finished higher on Monday. Hot, dry conditions across the cotton belt, keeping a floor underneath prices. Also, the big jump in the grain markets that we mentioned, helping to pull the cotton market higher with it. October cotton up 50 points, 85.58. December cotton up 68 at 85.16. Now, we've been talking about the big jump in the grain markets, both corn and wheat taking off to the upside on Monday. It's still the Russia-Ukraine war that's causing it. Russia attacked more Ukrainian ports over the weekend, and that's getting the grain market very nervous. We took off to the upside with September corn up 33 and a half, closing at 560 and a half. December corn up 32 cents, 568 and a quarter. Wheat market almost limit up on hard wheat. September Kansas City wheat up 58 and a half. 918 and a half. Soft wheat, however, did finish limit up. The September up the limit 60 cents to close at 757 and a half. In the energy markets, August natural gas down a penny 269. September West Texas crude up a dollar 90 at 7897 a barrel. The financial markets were higher Monday afternoon. The Dow up 170 points at 35,398. The Nasdaq up 9, 14,041. The S&P up 14 at 4,550. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.